Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, your weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean Cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 444. This week, I'll be checking out Royal Caribbean's newest cruise ship, Wonder of the Seas, on not one, but two sailings in a row. And today, I want to preview everything I've got lined up. Here we go. Whenever there's a new Royal Caribbean cruise ship, I always get super excited for it because it's new, it's shiny, and inevitably, there's always new things on board that truly stand out from the rest of the ships in the fleet. Despite the fact that Wonder of the Seas is the fifth Oasis-class cruise ship, Royal Caribbean is still putting on new things on there, and, you know, there's always something different to look forward to to check out because what we see on Wonder may also be a preview of what we might be seeing on other ships like Icon of the Seas or, of course, the other Oasis-class ship that's coming out a little bit later in a couple of years that doesn't have a name yet. But regardless of that fact, I'm excited to go on Wonder of the Seas. I'm actually booked on the first two sailings. Wonder will be sailing on March 4th from Fort Lauderdale, Florida, Port Everglades. I'll be doing an Eastern Caribbean cruise. And then the next sailing will be a Eastern Caribbean cruise, also from Fort Lauderdale, also seven nights. Now, I'm booked on the first two sailings. The first sailing, of course, being, well, it is the first inaugural sailing in my dedication to the scientific, in-depth research you come to rely on here at Real Caribbean Blog. I took it upon myself to, you know, go on that first sailing, take one for the team, and check out everything there is to do there. Now, that sailing, I'll be sailing solo on. On the next sailing, the reason why we're staying on board is, well, it's my kid's spring break, and we're going to go on a cruise no matter what. And since they didn't have a chance to see what ha- what is on Wonder of the Seas, well, we're going to do that as well. So from both sailings, we're going to have a chance to really see a lot of Wonder of the Seas. Two weeks, I'm pretty excited for it. This is going to be awesome. And I think we're all really excited because, again, new cruises, it's the new hotness, the new shininess that's there, and it- it's pretty cool. Now, what's nice about this particular sailing on, on both fronts is it's different itineraries, and that is certainly appealing. Now, I am not doing something that I usually recommend people do for back-to-back sailings. That is, I don't have the same stateroom for both sailings. Chief among them, number one, I don't need uh, the same room that I would need on a second sailing with my family when I'm solo. So there's that aspect of it. And number two, I wanted to also uh, maybe pay it back to my wife for having to stay at home, not being on a cruise, and take care of the kids for seven nights while I'm on a cruise. So we're moving up to a suite on the second leg of the cruise. So, you know, not the end of the world. You know, I've done cruises where you have to change rooms between sailings. It's not the worst thing in the entire process because, you know, it's just an extra step to be done. And quite frankly, the thing I miss the most when you change rooms uh, between two different sailings is you can't necessarily go right back to your room after you complete the check-in for cruise number two to take a well-deserved nap at that point. But that'll be fine. I'll, I'll figure something out. So I'll be driving down to Fort Lauderdale on the night before, and we'll be boarding the ship on Friday. Uh, in the interest of full disclosure, I should mention, by the way, the first sailing is actually going to be uh, comped by Royal Caribbean. It's a media cruise. So this is a public sailing. Anybody can book this cruise, the, the first sailing. But uh, about a month ago or so, Royal Caribbean decided to change it or always invite some people from uh, the media, like myself, to come on board and cover it. So as a result, I actually canceled my cruise and then rebooked with Royal Caribbean. And so that sailing will be on them. But of course, the second sailing is still coming out of uh, my my checkbook. So we'll be doing that on there. But you know what I'm most excited about when it comes to this kind of cruise is obviously seeing what's around here. You know, this is a for me. This is a combination of exploration and sharing. I'm going to be exploring the ship because I'm excited to see what it has to offer. There's some new concepts, new ideas on board. And then, of course, we want to be able to share it with all of you. As you know, with Royal Caribbean Blog, it's not just the podcast here, right? 
We've got videos on our YouTube channel. We've got the live blog at realcrimmingblog.com. And I know a lot of people are equally excited to see what's available on Wonder of the Sea. So I'm going to try my best to cover all of that. In terms of plans on board, you know, uh, I'd be remiss if we're not talking about some of the big changes Wonder has that uh, I want to check out. Number one, the sweet neighborhood. Now, the second sailing will be staying in a suite. So I'm less like I'm less concerned about not being able to get in there. But I am slightly worried about the idea of, of course, being able to get in there on the first sailing because it's still the first sailing. People are going to want to know about it. And I hope there's going to be an opportunity, I think, by virtue of the fact that maybe we're going with a Royal Caribbean on a media aspect of it. I'll be able to sneak in and at least take a look. I'm not looking to, you know, slide into Coastal Kitchen Dinner and pretend I'm a sweet guest. Rather, just, you know, see what it's all about show what the area looks like, talk with some other guests who are staying in a suite, and then experience it for myself the second time around. But this is a big difference because Royal Caribbean has added a second suite neighborhood to Wonder of the Season. That's that's kind of a big deal. And this isn't quite, you know, Yacht Club on MSC or the Haven on Norwegian where you have a ship within a ship concept, but it is a substantial change, a little shift because they're giving more space to those uh, suite benefits. There are also some other areas that really stand out. Uh, the view, I think a lot of people are looking forward to checking out. It's the cantilevered pool bar. It sounds like it's going to be over in the solarium area, so kind of like a replacement for the solarium bar. New idea, and, uh, you know, if I have to sit there in the name of research and have a drink or two, not too bad as well. And, of course, you also have the Wonder Playscape, which I'm really excited for for my kids to check out because my kids are always looking for fun things to do on board on the sports deck. You know, the pools, water slides, they enjoy them, you know, but it's a little more been there, done that. They've, you know, they don't. it's not that they don't enjoy it, but it's always nice to have something different. And certainly we were just on Independence of the Seas and they have those clip chimer, climber things. And, the and of course, they have, um, you know, the sky pad. So it's nice to mix it up a little bit. And on Wonder, you've got this interactive open air kids play area. And my hope is that there's going to be something for them to kind of capture their attention, keep their attention. So they can do that for a little bit. And I can certainly find somewhere in the shade to sit down. And, and observe, you know, and see what it's like. But it looks like a really cool area. Something new. I always appreciate when Royal Caribbean tries something new. It's not just carbon copy. Let's bring back the same old concepts we've seen every single sailing. I appreciate that there's something a little bit different to check out. And I think that the Wonder Playscape is a brand new concept that we'll have to see how it works out. Because, I mean, I just, you know, all I've seen is concept art of it and a couple of wide-angle shots. But looks exciting. The pool deck looks really nice. I just like the idea that they've redone the pool deck there. Um, it's really cool. But, of course... It's always about food on board a Royal Caribbean ship. And, uh, you know, there's some restaurants on there. Chief among them, I think a lot of people are, want me to check out the Mason Jar Specialty Restaurant. I know one of our uh, good friends and listeners of the podcast, Javon, made sure in no unconfusing terms that I was to go sample the Mason Jar, which is a specialty restaurant based on Southern American cuisine. So this is comfort food. This is grits, which, by the way, Javon, I'm not eating grits. But I'll try a lot of other things on there. You've got fried green tomatoes, beignets. You've got charred watermelon salad. You've got po'boys, chicken sandwiches, brisket. I, I, listen, I remember when the new barbecue restaurant, Portside Barbecue, was first announced for Oasis of the Season. I was like, eh, I'm not a big barbecue kind of guy. I don't hate it, but I'm not like, it's not my favorite thing to, to, to get, right? I would never be like my first or second or even third choice as to what to order for dinner. But all that being said, uh, after I tried it on board Oasis, I was hooked. I mean, they really did a great job with that, and I thought it was really, really good. So from that standpoint, I'm giving Royal Caribbean the benefit of the doubt when it comes to a new restaurant concept that I'm just going to go in there, I'm going to come in hungry, I'm going to have an open mind, and I'm going to try as much food as I can because there's some really cool options when it comes to uh, you know this restaurant. Some that already stand out to me, and I'm sure I'll find some others that you know I don't even know what it is, but it just looks good, and I'm going to want to try it out there. So some cool ideas there. 
the other specialty restaurants on board the ship, you know, you've got Giovanni's Italian Kitchen and Wine Bar, which I was a big fan of on Odyssey and Freedom of the Seas. So I'm looking forward to seeing it on the Wonder. I don't, I'm not anticipating a menu change there. You never know. And of course, you have other staples. You've got Izumi, you've got Hooked, you've got uh, Chops, 150 Central Park, which I'm excited to try as always, Wonderland. So there'll be plenty to try out. And the uh, on the second sailing, we are staying in a star class suite. It's a two-bedroom aqua theater suite. And that does include all our specialty dining for us. So we'll have, definitely have an opportunity to check out a lot of these places out and just see what it's all, you know, what's different. When it comes to new ships, you might say, well, Matt, haven't you been to like half these places already? Is it really going to be that much of a difference? Sometimes no. Sometimes yes. It's really hard to know because Royal Caribbean doesn't always advertise exactly every little nuance and difference. And it's not unheard of. It's not uncommon to see Royal Caribbean kind of come up with a new idea and roll it out there and not really mention, not advertise it until you get over there to check it out. So it's just what it's it's part of the cruise experience, if you will. And I'm looking forward to seeing those things. I'm also looking forward to the idea that we're going to get to some interesting itineraries on this particular cruise because we're doing Eastern and Western. And there's a couple ports that definitely stand out to me. Uh, number one is the fact that we're going to, on the first sail, we're going Eastern Caribbean. We're going to Labadee. I'm making it back to Labadee for the first time since before the pandemic. I'm very excited for it. I love Labadee. You know, P Perfect Day Coco Key has taken its place in my heart as my favorite Royal Caribbean destination, but that doesn't mean I hate Labadee by any means. I love it. It's beautiful. I think the natural beauty is fantastic, and this is a great port actually to be with my without my kids because my kids want like they 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 want the whole you know what are we doing next, Daddy? They want entertainment. They want you know they want to have activities. Whereas I like Labadee because it's a little more chill. It's a little more just kind of sit back, have that Labadoozy, and enjoy your time there. That's my idea of a good time in uh, Labadee, and that's going to work out pretty well for that. That's after, of course, I run around <laughs> Labadee, getting all, you know, checking out what's there, what's new, what's different, if anything, and, you know, reporting back and all that, but that'll be fun. And then, of course, we're also going to San Juan, Puerto Rico, which I think we will actually get to. You know, when we first booked this cruise, and certainly when we got to the last, you know, I remember in January, during the height of Omicron, you know, we were, I, I, I would told people, I was like, I, I don't think we're going to, I don't think we're going to Labadee. I, I mean, to, uh, sorry, to San Juan. I just don't see that happening because they weren't allowing anything. But fast forward, and uh, it looks like we're going to be able to get there. And I, again, I've not been to San Juan since the pandemic. And, uh, you know, it's going to be fun to, to explore because it's a great port to go to just walk around. When it comes to Labadee, I always tell people, you know, you could book an excursion. I don't recommend it. or I don't say you have to get it. It's one of these places, one of the few places in the Caribbean that you can simply walk off the ship and explore on your own. It's that easy to do. And the fact it's early March, maybe possibly it won't not feel like surface of the sun temperatures at San Juan. Usually Puerto Rico is a very warm place to be any time of the year. And we've been there. I remember going on the Anthem Group cruise in July and it was like sweltering to the point like where my eyelids were sweaty. It was just that bad. Hopefully in March it will not be just, it'll be hot. I, I don't think it's going to be, you know, 65, but it's going to be at least comfortably outside. Comfortable outside to be kind of just enjoy the, the being out there. So I'm looking forward to checking that out. And then, of course, on our Western Caribbean leg, we're going to Cozumel, Costa Maya, and uh, Roatan. I've not been to Roatan since the pandemic, and we haven't, it's been a while since we've been to Cozumel. For some reason, we just end up more in the Bahamas and the Eastern Caribbean than we do with the Western Caribbean, which a couple of years ago was the complete opposite of that. But hey, whatever it is, uh, I'm looking forward to going back to Roatan and Cozumel. So that'll be fun. And of course, in uh, Costa Maya, we're doing uh, Maya Chan again. That's with the family. So I'm pretty darn excited for this cruise. You know, when it's a new, when you get a chance to go on a new ship, I should talk about new ship experiences. Number one, if you're on the first couple of sailings, and I would say first couple, I'm really talking about, gosh, the first uh, dozen or so cruises of a particular ship. 
there's always going to be some nuances. It's not so much getting the kinks out as it is it's not all quite ready yet. If you've ever been to a theme park, you know, when they first open, a lot of times not everything is fully operational yet. The core experience is there, but some of the other things may not be there yet. As an example, on Wonder of the Seas, one of the shows, which is The Effectors 2, will not be available until later this year, so we won't be able to see that on the sailing. But there's still plenty to do. Don't feel like you're being shortchanged in that, but you also should be a little understanding when it comes to what you can or you know can't do on board because that's the nature of a you know of a first sailing if you will and i think that you know for some people may maybe this is a bit of a surprise but certainly when you get on board i'm expecting these kinds of things like okay this is not quite ready yet this they need to get the crew members up and ready you know etc 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 and then of course there's the other idea of how does this ship stack up what do i think about it and a lot of people always ask me matt will this be your new favorite royal caribbean cruise ship if you're not aware my favorite royal caribbean cruise ship is harmony of the seas and when symphony came out i was like matt is that going to be replaced harmony is your favorite and it didn't because I thought that they were so close, but I still prefer some of the, a couple of the options on Harmony over Symphony. And then when Odyssey came out, I wasn't expecting it to be my new favorite, but then it kind of really resonated with me and became my second favorite Royal Caribbean cruise ship. So how will this all stack up with Wonder? It's a great question. And I'm excited to see everything there is to do on there and kind of weigh it for myself. You know, I often feel like, you know, when you're talking about favorite ships, obviously it's a very subjective topic, right? One person's favorite is another person's I can't believe they'd ever go on that, right? But at the same time, I feel like, you know, there's going to be certain things that are going to stand out from that experience. And I'm hoping that by virtue of the fact going on two sailings in a row, there'll be a good chance to kind of, you know, take out the outlier situations and really focus on what's, you know, new and exciting about it. By the way, you know, speaking of Wonder of the Seas, you know, if you're thinking, wow, this sounds really cool, I would love to check out Wonder of the Seas at some point. Well, we actually do have... That's right, a shameless plug coming your way. A group cruise on Wonder of the Seas. Originally, it was Harmony, but Royal Caribbean swapped out the itineraries, and now we're actually going on the Wonder of the Seas, December 18th, 2022. It's a six-night, six-night Western Caribbean cruise, December 18th. You get back before Christmas. Don't worry. You can still have Christmas with your family, but you get back uh, on the 24th, and uh, it's a Western Caribbean cruise. It's a great rate, by the way, and if you're interested in joining us, you can go to royalcaribbeanblog.com slash events for more information about it. But, uh, you know, I, I just I had mentioned that because, you know, Wonder of the Seas, exciting. Why, why wouldn't you want to try it out for yourself, right? And, and it'll also, it's always interesting you know, over the long haul, you know, how these cruise ships kind of maintain and how they stack up and how it all works out. But I'm really excited to be able to go on there. And the nice thing is actually there's going to be a number of Royal Caribbean blog listeners here on the, from the podcast and readers on, on the blog on board the ship. So uh, it's going to be a little bit of a homecoming situation. It's gonna, it reminds me a lot of when we went on Adventure of the Seas back in June of 2021 when cruises first restarted, we were on that first sailing and everyone was excited. And there was a lot of people who, you know, it was kind of like us homecoming. We just knew a lot of people on board, not because we're like, Hey, let's all book this cruise, but because a lot of other people were equally excited as excited for a first cruise. And, you know, in this situation, that's exactly what's happening here. New ships always bring out a lot of Royal Caribbean fans. And so for that reason, I'm pretty darn excited to check these things out and, and meet people and, and see people and, you know, hang out and catch up. And it's great. And on top of all that, I mentioned all these things, but we're also going to be having a chance to experience the new Royal Caribbean health protocols. Royal Caribbean announced about a week or two ago that they're relaxed their health protocols on board, meaning that uh, we won't have to wear a mask on board. It's going to be optional in, in almost every scenario. It's still on the terminal. You need to wear a mask, but outside of that, you won't need a mask on board. It's going to be, you know, that's going to be really nice. No more vaccine wristbands. Uh, you know, the there's going to be all some nice, nice changes that I think are going to greatly Im improve 
you know, what, what it feels like to be on a cruise ship. I haven't minded the health protocols. They weren't ideal. I wouldn't have said, oh, I, yes, I would prefer to wear a mask. I think everybody should wear a mask on board. But now it's nice to have that flexibility because, of course, COVID cases are dropping. And what we experienced back in January is nothing like it is now. Not to say that, you know, we're, we're past COVID, but you've got at least 95% of the people vaccinated on board. And you've got, you know, um, you know, a different landscape when it comes to COVID. So from that standpoint, the timing couldn't be better for that. And of course, I'll be also thinking about what it's like now because we were just on Independence of the Seas and Brilliance of the Seas two weeks ago. And in both those sailings, we had the, well, in one sailing, we had still had the enhanced Omicron protocols. Then we had the non-Omicron protocols. And now we're going to have the relaxed protocol. So, you know, it'll be a very good way to kind of, you know, see how all that works out. In the meantime, of course, I'll be, uh, you know, talking about this over at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. I'll have a live blog from Wonder of the Seas. We'll have some content up on our Facebook and our YouTube channels if you want to check those out as well. So, I look forward to sharing as much of this as I can. And when we get back and we talk about the cruise and review it, uh, you know, it's going to be something I'm definitely going to want to be thinking about, you know, did the hype or the ship live up to the hype? Did the hype, you know, how did that all shape out? Because I've got some ideas some preconceived notions about what the ship is about, but I'm curious how that's all going to work out. So hopefully we'll have a nice, good, in-depth review of Wonder of the Season when we get back. All right, everybody, time to answer the emails for this week. This is the part of the program in which I answer the emails you've sent me about all things Royal Caribbean. If you want to send me an email that I can read on the air, you can always send it to matt at royalcaribbeanblog.com, matt, M-A-T-T, at royalcaribbeanblog.com. Our first email this week is from John, who writes, Hey, Matt, been listening a long time, still waiting for the right time to finally go on a cruise. Was scheduled for a family cruise on Liberty of the Season in August 2020, but as we all know, that got canceled. We were refunded everything aside from $250 deposit per person. We received an FCC for my wife and I and both of our kids totaling $1,000. My question is, can my wife and I use the other kids' credits for a cruise we booked for just the two of us? I'm pretty sure I remember seeing that somewhere. Thanks. Uh, John, thanks for the email. So officially, the answer is no. Uh, the FCCs are in the name of who's who of, of the person. So in this case, they basically divided it by four, as you already know. Uh, my understanding is you cannot. I have heard, though, uh, may, and I can't confirm this. I've not done this firsthand. You know, you can certainly ask, hey, you know, can we apply this even though it was on the reservation, but these people aren't going to cruise, you know, blah, blah, blah. Maybe you'd be able to win that. But I know that officially the answer is no. But like with all things Royal Caribbean, there's the answer and then there's the answer. And uh, there may be some flex room there. I can't promise you anything, John, but my expectation would be no. You'd have to uh, use it uh, for just the person on the name reservation. Now, that being said, you know, again, if you were to bring your kids and they had, you know, you ran out of onboard of FCC, but your kid had extra credit. You could use that as well. Um, that is an option there. So it, 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 probably not, but it's worth at least asking. I mean, I, I feel like the, the 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 program has changed so much now, and I feel like uh, so much of what we used to know as the rules and what they are now. I mean, quite frankly, it just changes a lot. Next email is from Tanner in Saskatchewan, Canada. Hi, Matt. My wife and I will be doing a seven night cruise uh, from Barbados in April on Grandeur. Some of the ports from the Barbados series are a little less common for Royal Caribbean. I'd like to suggest doing a rundown for these ports, perhaps a podcast or blog post. We've been madly searching for information about the port areas, best places to do walkability, taxi, etc., etc., for places like St. George's Grenada, Kingston St. Vincent, and Castries St. Lucia. All of them are new to us. And if you had any of them we compiled that might help anyone lucky enough to be going on these Barbados sailings, thanks to the incredible contributions, we love the podcast. Thanks, Nemo. It's a great suggestion. You know, Granada and St. Vincent are definitely two ports that Royal Caribbean really rarely ever goes to. St. Lucia is actually not uncommon. I've done, I've been there before on Jewel of the Seas. Uh, St. Lucia, the, the big thing everybody does is they go see the Pitons. These are these two volcanoes on the southern end of the island that are um, 
well, they're volcanoes. You can go around them. You can go up to them. You can see a lot of things. It's it's really the, the big to-do in St. Lucia. Of course, like most Caribbean islands, there's always fallbacks. You can always go to the beach. In fact, when we went to St. Lucia, we didn't actually go see the Pitons. Uh, we were trying to save some money back then, and so we just went to a beach, and I've shared this story before, I think, on the podcast where I was swindled by the nicest man in St. Lucia. <laughs> we were on this beach, and I've, so I think I've shared this story on the podcast before, but for the sake of brevity, I'll just quickly get to it. Uh, basically, we went to this beach, and we were there, and there was, there was like no facilities there. Anyway, this guy named Smokey uh, literally brings his boat up to the beach, and he's got all these drinks on board, so it's like a floating bar. And he was there for a while because we kept on giving him money to keep giving us drinks because it was that or we didn't want to drink anything. And we were drinking the local beer, and we thought we were getting. He was like, "Oh, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you the best price possible. I usually don't do this." And he gave us whatever the price was. And then we got back to the port after the excursion. It was an excursion; we were just there on a taxi. But we got back to the port area. They were selling the beers for like a dollar. We paid significantly more than that. So, eh, you know what? You're on vacation. But uh, he was a very nice guy. We, again, we we couldn't have been swindled by a nicer guy. Uh, but we definitely overpaid for beers. But nonetheless, it was still fun to do. But I've not been to Grenada or St. Vincent. So if anybody in the chat has any suggestions on what to do there, you can definitely put that in our comments uh, in the uh, on this episode for episode 444 on the Royal Caribbean Blog podcast on RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. That wouldn't be bad. But, you know, we might have to start looking at some ideas there uh, and, and share a blog because I think there's definitely some reason to do so, especially if Royal will be offering more visits to those places. Thank you for the email. Our next email is from Chrissy Plunkett. Writes, Hi, my husband and I are sailing on our first Royal Caribbean cruise at the end of May for our first wedding anniversary. It's also our first cruise since COVID. I have two questions. First, do you need a booster shot to cruise? No, you do not. Uh, Royal Caribbean recommends it. The CDC recommends it. But as of right now, it is not required. Second, I got my original vaccine before we got married, and my maiden name is on my vaccine card is, is in the form of a sticker. I called Royal Caribbean, and they said to bring my birth certificate to the cruise when we check in. How can they verify my vaccine card ahead of time if the last name is different? Thanks, and have a wonderful day. So the vaccine card that you upload via the Royal Caribbean app, that isn't like a hard and fast necessary thing to do. It just saves you time in the terminal. It's like taking a selfie, Christy. So you can take a selfie on the app, or you can take it in the terminal. Same reason, or same rationale, rather, you could take the photo of your vaccine card at home via the app, or you're going to take a photo of it at the terminal. Not a big deal. So it's not like, Christy, if you're going to get there and you just you take a photo of your vaccine card, you're not going to be you're gonna be denied you know, entry on board. That's not the issue at all. So uh, no worries there. You're good. You're just to just take a little extra time for them to verify everything, go through all the paperwork. I would also say, I mean, if at all possible, you know, one thing you might also want to investigate is talking to your local uh, county health board or equivalent government entity, you know, basically your local health administrator. Usually it's like the county health board. Anyway, uh, see about, uh, you know, seeing if there's a way to get a new card issued with the, with your updated name on there. That might be an option too. So something to look at, give a little bit of time before your cruise and it's not unheard of, you know, plenty of people lose them and destroy them accidentally. And for whatever reason, so you'd be far from the first person to be asking that, that question. Next email is from Patty Q. Good afternoon, Matt. I remember this question being answered a couple of years ago. Uh, when I was all set to go on my first cruise and it was canceled. I'm finally getting around to doing it. I've been researching and I can't find anywhere where you spoke about tipping on the first day. Could you point me in the right direction or give me an idea? Do I tip the first day room steward? I have uh, gratuities already prepaid. Really love what you do. Thanks for all the information. Patty, thanks for the email. I am not a tip first day kind of guy. Some people do that. Uh, it's it's their style. I don't know. There, there is no... The, the idea be, for tipping on the first day, or at least my understanding of why people tip on the first day, is to grease the wheels of progress. To show, hey, so-and-so, whether it's a bartender, your stateroom attendant, like, 
I'm already looking out for you. Here, I'm scratching your back. You're gonna scratch my back the rest of the week, right? Like, number one, you, pre you prepaid gratuities. That's certainly uh, exactly what you should be doing. So you're already off to a great start. But my style, personally, is I tip at the end of the crease. I would prepay my gratuities. And then if somebody really stood out, if there was really an all-star person, whether it is a bartender or my room steward or whoever, then I would tip them at the end of the cruise and recognize that person in, in the form of cash. Uh, but that's my style. I can tell you nobody has ever, that I can tell, ever spit in my drink or, you know, uh, not clean my room to my satisfaction. They've all done a great job there. So I, I what I'm trying to tell you, Patty, is you don't have to, like, do that as, like, if you don't do that, it's a problem or you're going to have bad service. I don't think that's the case. Again, some people go about it different ways. There are different ways to do cruise, and I think a lot of this also... Uh, is based on an old style of cruising. Quite frankly, it's my opinion on it. But the bottom line is, here's what I'm going to try to tell you. Don't feel like you have to do it. That's all. But if you'd like to do it, some people do go about that. Usually I see this more with, uh, certainly with bartenders, especially if you don't have a drink package. For room attendants, you know, some people might say, listen, I'm going to be, I'm, you know, they may say to them, listen, I'm, I'm a sloppy kind of person. We make a big mess. Uh, we need, a, you know, we're a needy couple or, you know, maybe you know that and, you just want to make sure that they don't feel like that, you know, they understand that off the bat. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. Just don't feel like it's a, you're obligatory or you're missing out on something there. Uh, certainly by reading your email, I kind of thought that was the case, but again, just want to make sure. And our last email this week is from Don, who writes, question for the podcast. We purchased the limited dining package for two adults. It used to be that you didn't have to prepay for kids, minor 13, and just pay the surcharge for them when you eat, especially dining. Now I see on the cruise planner, they want to charge $60 for the children for unlimited dining. Is this new? My child will not eat for the menu and will eat mac and cheese and chicken nuggets. How hard and fast are they on this? Can I ask each restaurant we go to, or should I just suck it up and pay? It's a great question, Don. Thanks for the email. So here's the thing. Your daughter, I believe it's your daughter, your child, I shouldn't have assumed. Uh, your, your, your child is 13. That's technically an adult in Royal Caribbean. The, there is a kid's fair, so you're, you're, you're not, you're not uh, forgetting or misremembering something. 12 and under would have the children's rate. So if you have bought a dining package, you and the adults would buy the dining package and you would not buy a dining package at all for the kids, show up to the restaurant and then they pay a $10 surcharge uh, per per kids, flat fee, doesn't matter what restaurant it is, that's, that's the fee. Cool, we're good on that. But as I mentioned, that was 12 and under, your kid is 13. And I understand your kid is picky. My wife is picky as well, but um, I, listen, uh, do I, would they would they really uh, charge you? I don't know. I mean, it's ultimately up to the waiter because technically speaking, they are 13. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the child rule in my experience has been, it, it's it, there's been situations in which I've been charged at all for the kids. Sometimes I have been charged for the kids. Sometimes I've been charged for one of the kids, but it's always been that surcharge. Now, granted, again, your kid is 13 now, and I'm wondering if that is the difference compared to when your kid was uh, younger than 13. That would have been the case. So it, it, I would reread the fine print, but I'm pretty sure that is the case. And in that situation, then obviously your kid is 13 and the, and a dining package, you know, it ain't, it's not free obviously, but it's still way cheaper than paying the, the surcharge, the, the cover fee for those individual restaurants once on board, you know, you, I, it, it's, it's a tough place here because I think this is one of those like gray areas where, I mean, the rules say 13, I, it's clear on that. I'm not suggesting that otherwise. But I, you know, the, the the waiters tend to be very understanding more than anything. Why don't you have a good time there? And then they understand, listen, if your kids are going to Chop's Grill and they're ordering, you know, pizza from Sorrento's, okay, that's not exactly, you know, getting your money's worth out of by any means. 
But the rule says it's for ages 6 to 12 and 0 to 5 are complimentary, so I kind of feel like you're stuck paying the covered, the dining package rather cost for your child. And, you know, this would actually be beneficial to you in a way if you go to a lot of the places that have a stipend like Izumi or Playmakers, because those restaurants, you can pool your stipends together. And then a kid that doesn't eat their money's worth is an advantage to you and the other adults. You can overorder and enjoy some more of the food there. So that's just me giving you the silver lining there, Don. I hope that helps a little bit. Thank you to everybody for checking out this episode of the Royal Korean Blog Podcast. If you want to send me your emails, you can do so by sending it to Matt, M-A-T-T, at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com, Matt at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. Until next time, I'm Matt, and we'll talk again real soon.